the quarter going here. All right, Israel, God's prophetic time clock. What do we have for any prepared discussion or things ready to go that you've got? I thought I had heard that um, the covenant, uh, the peace accord, mm -hmm. for some reason I thought it was three and a half years. Instead of seven years before the, you know what I mean? The Great Tribulation, there's about half a dozen scriptures that say the Great Tribulation will be three and a half years. The culmination of that will be the second coming of Christ. So so we know it's that final three and one half years. Okay. And we see a depiction of that in kind of the description going around that Revelation 12, 14, probably around Revelation 12 starting at verse 10, but really um, verse 12 starts off talking about a, a war in heaven, the culmination of that war. I don't, I don't know how long a war in heaven takes, so I could back it up on a timeline of our time and say the war would have to start here. We don't know how long a spiritual war in heaven takes on our clock, but the culmination of that war lines up exactly on earthly time with the Antichrist standing in the temple of God claiming to be God. And we know that from Revelation 12, 14, if somebody wants to pull up Reve or Reve Revelation 12, not necessarily 14, but it's included in that. And it talks about there's a war in heaven and Satan and his angels go against Michael and his angels, Michael and the angels that Michael controls. And the end result of that is Satan is cast out of the earth, or is cast out of heaven down to the earth. And scripture says, probably around 11 or 12, and woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for Satan comes down to you, knowing he hath but a short time, having great wrath. So, and he persecutes the woman for a time, times, and a half a time. It's a time is one year, times is two years, and a half a time. So that's three and one half years. And that woman's the church. And the woman is the nation of Israel. He persecutes the woman the nation of Israel for a time, times, and a half a time. Um, scripture, right, right in there, in Revelation 12, 14, says she will be given two wings of a great eagle, that she will be protected and nourished from the face of the serpent. And our nation symbol is those two eagle's wings that were plucked off of the lion, Great Britain, back in Daniel 7. Um, right, right around Daniel 7, 4, because our, I remember because our, Independence Day is July 4th, so it was, it's coincidentally is Daniel 7-4. But, um, so that final three and one half is a great tribulation. But Daniel 9-27 is what tells us about the confirming of that covenant being a seven-year period. And it's it calls it a week of years or a, 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 the final seven, which is years. A week of years is seven years. But so that that will be during, the that will be the very first that will be the very first thing as far as we are concerned this age is concerned that'll be the very first thing that we would be able to say okay now we know exactly where we are on the timeline we know exactly how long we have left okay and with that from then till the abomination of desolation which is a three and a half in the midst of the week scripture says in the midst of the week he will 
uh, caused the abomination of death. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but the overspreading of um, the abomination of desolation. So is that when the great revival is supposed to happen, or is that just throughout the whole? We were just talking about, was that five? Uh, Revelation that, 12 and 5 to wrap with the main child. No, the great revival that I was, we were talking about earlier while the video was going on. Was that the, right after the, the, the great revival that's laid out in, in Revelation? Isn't that in 5? Oh, I think it was. Did in, you mark it? I didn't mark it. It was in 7, I think. It could, yeah. I, I get it turned around in my head sometimes. It's right after the 144,000 are mentioned, the 12,000 from each tribe. Seven. And, it, and that says that um, I don't believe it's going to be a turn on, like just click, everything jumps. Right. I, I think it's going to be a ramping up. Right. Um, and we see that foundation being set. I mean, as we speak, we see that foundation being set. Did you find it? It's in Revelation 5. You kind of think it'll be one of those things where it'll be like a back and forth on people people that don't believe us having a pretty good idea that, yeah, this guy's probably the Antichrist. You know, and us being, you know, like until that day, until he literally confirms that, you know, like by... We'll have a guess. I already have a short list. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and and I'll even say in front of the camera sometimes, in front of the microphone that, you know, I believe this person's on my list, but I have never come out and said, I believe this person is going to be the Antichrist. I don't think we're going to know until he stands in the temple of God, claiming, or at least announces that there's an announcement coming up and he's going to be there. That's kind of what I mean, is like based on some things, the way it is coming together, that we will probably, like we won't know for sure until that moment happens, but like kind of like all signs, like where there's smoke, there's fire, like we'll have a pretty good idea to be like, I'm telling you, this guy's probably the guy. We'll have a little bit of a heads up. Those that are that I are inclined so. to do almost so, for yeah. lack of a better term that we'll kind of be you know like you know biblical conspiracy theorists you know people that aren't believing or you know are kind of wishy washy if you will and 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 you're right what you just said about the people that are kind of on the fence type of thing I think it's going to become more and more black and white I think it's going to be very black and white at the time the mark of the beast is doled out. Especially for, you know, like, I guess people that are more on the side, like when we're talking about defense, more on the side of, you know, post-trib versus pre-trib, you know, on a, what... Once they start building the first, the third temple, once once that third temple gets built, it will not be given a thumbs up until the peace agreement is signed. The peace agreement will have to have verba- verbiage in it. If I'm reading the scripture right on that 2300 days, and I want to say that's in Daniel... Eight, but it talks about a twenty-three hundred day period, and it and and I've tried to kind of sometimes I have to shut my mind off of everything and focus on what I'm reading in scripture, because that's that's a bit of a of a task on this one, um, as to when the twenty-three hundred days starts versus when it ends. Um, that final three and a half years, there are, there are scripture that calls it twelve hundred sixty days, which is three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And that's in Daniel. There's also a passage in Daniel that talks about a twelve hundred and ninety days, and then it says, "Blessed is he that comes to the thirteen hundred thirty fifth day." So, if twelve hundred sixty days appears to be when Christ comes back, likely 
likely the 1335th day would be when God sets up his kingdom. So what is this 1290th day? And I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't tell us. But having said that, if I know which one of those landmarks, if, if it is indeed one of those, if I know which one of those landmarks is the culmination of that 2300 days, then I can back up and go, okay, the temple will, will be built in the first, and I've calculated it out the best I can to be about nine months. They'll have to build that temple in about nine months because the culmination of that 2300 days is... <laughs> the culmination of that 2300 days is the cleansing of the temple. Dog, are you crazy? She's paying attention. I'm afraid she's going to drop it on the keyboard. No. She's like, what is that? Um, did I answer your question, though? Well, you were talking about the, the revival. Uh, Revelation 5. Do you still have that handy? I have Revelation. I can get there. I had 12. We up. need seven bookmarks anytime we're doing these post-discussions. I'm, I'm trying. To, I got like three. Revelation 5. Do you see the... It's immediately after the... 144,000 are described, 12,000 from each tribe. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb? Well, let's start with, uh, he says, with uh, the... he says, and, and he showed me a multitude which no man could number, from every kindred, every nation, every tongue. And the gist of it is, because it skips, you have to skip a couple of verses, and, he's, and the, this is an elder showing this to John, and he says, the elder says to John, who are these that and these people that he's seeing are in white robes. Well, the only way to have your robe white is to be, when it says it, washed in the blood. So, these people of a multitude that no man could number from every kindred, every nation, every tongue, and their robes are washed white and they're sanctified. Well, the only way to do that is to be born again, scripturally born again, as we see um, the way Jesus told Nicodemus or the way. Uh, Peter lays it out in Acts 2.38. So these people fit that qualification. But the elder looks at John and he goes, who are these people? And John goes, you know, I, thou knowest. He, he tells the elder, thou knowest. And the elder says, these are they that came out of great tribulation and they've had their robes washed. You see that? Not in seven. No, in five. I'm sorry, not in five. Do you see anything about 144,000? No. Because that's that's immediately preceding it. Over on this side. And I beheld and I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands. And I'm not seeing the 144. I yep. did see here, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. If you can do a search, do you have a searchable thing on your phone? Um, I do. You can search the word thou knowest. And, and just look. The throne were 24 no. thrones, and one throne, so I saw 24 elders sitting on the throne. But that isn't early in Revelation, right? That's four. Yeah. There's a lot in that. Anybody that's watching, if you don't have End Time Ministries new series called the Revelation Commentaries, I highly recommend you get it. 
Um, it's got a lot oh. of information about the beginning part of Revelation and then all the way through it. Is it this? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. Yes. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's uh, Revelation 7 and 14. Okay, so it is 7. It is 7. I just was not down far All right. Enough. So we know from that that there is a multitude, a, a revival that is born in this final end time. I believe the majority of that's going to be in the final seven years. But these, the majority of these people, a multitude which no man could number from every single nation on the face of the earth, every kindred, every nation, every tongue, it says. And they came through the tribulation, the great tribulation. So there's a tremendous revival coming. And we were discussing a little bit, um, which we shouldn't have been. We were discussing a little bit during the, the video when you couldn't hear us. But we were talking about um, what was some of the discussion we were having. Um, how long do you think before everything will take place? Like, is there a rough estimate? <laughs> yeah. That was probably the one thing that was a little tougher. Um, it is. Where are we on the timeline, I guess, is how you'd phrase that. It, do I see the final seven years beginning sooner than later? And I have some mixed feelings about it. Um, I think it's pretty close simply because of the signs of the times. Um, there must be, and I would love to sit down sometime when I have time. I have so many different projects that I want to do. One of them being how many different pots have to be on simmer to start the final seven years. And you have to be careful with saying that because a lot of the things that you will talk about in end time prophecy is actually about the final three and one half years. A lot of the prophecy that happens in the final time, the final after the seven years begins, most of it is after the the at and after the three and a half year point. There's not a whole lot that happens in that first three and a half years. And there's a few things like if the peace agreement is signed and we have not had that six trumpet war yet, and I don't remember if he went over it or not, I tried to kind of allude to, hey, listen, he's getting ready to give you some good information, but I don't know that he covered it. The six trumpet war, and I believe there's an entire episode about that, the Sixth Trumpet War has got to happen before the abomination of desolation. If you look at the Sixth Trumpet, the way it's laid out in Scripture in Revelation 9, I hope I'm not wrong about that. <laughs> I get my mind jumbled up. If you look up that Sixth Trumpet, the description of it, and then go immediately into the Seventh Trumpet, um, or the very the next six Scripture. The sounded, saying the Sixth Angel which had... The trumpet leads the four angels. Uh -huh. That is in 914. And the very next thing after that is it talks about the abomination of desolation. What, what chapter are you in? I'm in chapter 9. 9. It's is it still in 9 when the abomination of desolation. Do you see it? Um, it talks about them being... Bound from the great river Euphrates, the angels were loosed. Um, the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. Um, it describes what they looked like. Um, by these three were the third part of men killed. Um, 
I don't see the words abomination. abomination well, either. keep going. After the sixth trumpet is all described, after the finality of the description of six trumpet events, what's the very next thing? The seventh trumpet. What's what's it start out with? And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared. Okay. So that is a depiction and and there'll be delay delay no longer or he, he makes some reference to time no more or what what is he? I think in six he says and swear by him that liveth forever and ever yes. he created heaven and the, the things that there and are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Yes. Now, there's another depiction of that exact event, and I don't remember where it is in Scripture. We're going to come across it in our studies. Nehemiah? I don't, again, I don't remember. I wanted to say it was Jeremiah or... I'll look, up. I'll look it up. Maybe even be, it, may, it may even be in Daniel. I think it's in Daniel. Well, they have a reference under that scripture. Oh, do they? Of Nehemiah 9 and 6. So let see me see if that's that. it. But there's another depiction of that angel standing one foot on the land, uh, almost the exact same. That, And he says there'll be time no more. Depending on the um, translation that you look at, you can look in other translations and get a different viewpoint. But it, basically, it will start the beginning of the final three and a half years. So if we go back and we look at the sixth trumpet war in Daniel in Revelation nine, um, and then we see the one foot, the that angel standing and raising both hands and swearing to him that liveth forever and ever. You're not finding it in Nehemiah, are you? Um, this is what Nehemiah nine and six says: Thou, even thou, Lord, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven and the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all the things that are therein. The seas and all that is there, and thou preservest them all. Yeah, I'm sure it's in Daniel. This, this, and you can look it up. Um, I'm trying to think what phraseology to use to have you search it. But there's an indication. I think in this case it says he doesn't say one foot on the land, one foot on the sea. It's, um, but he raiseth both hands and sweareth to him that liveth forever and ever that there's, um, that there be time no more or. Uh, delay no longer is basically what he's saying if you translate it right. In other words, we've come to a point where there's no stopping. It's it's pushing right on through now. And he gives an indication of the abomination of desolation in Daniel. Of course, Daniel talks a lot about the abomination of desolation. But by my whole point to that is we know from those two scriptures, when you put them together, you know, a lot of times the Bible will tell us two or three different angles of things so that we can get a pretty good picture of something. Um, I have Daniel 2.21. No, it would be... I don't even think it'd be 7. It'd be 8, 9, 10, 11. Well, I think 12 is the last chapter of Daniel. It, the prophecy of the prophecy part of Daniel starts in 7. He said, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein that therein are, 
and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the thing which the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Okay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants and the prophets. So that he's referring to the seventh trumpet. Mm -hmm. Does it talk any more about? Or is that the end of the chapter? No, it's not the end of the chapter. It goes on. Do you see anything referencing the Antichrist or the abomination of desolation or the sacrifice being stopped? Or We're going to cover that in our yeah. study. The only other thing I see, which it doesn't, I mean, I don't think it really has anything to do with what you're referring to, is in Daniel 12, 4 and 5. Um, but thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, one on this side of the bank in the river, and the other on that side of the bank in the river. I think it's, it's Keep going. referring to that. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. Same guy. When he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swore by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, time times, and a, half times a time. and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Okay, so there's a couple things he's referring to there. The time, time and a half a time is that final three and one half year period. He also talked about the scattering of the people. There's something about it, and if you go back to, you don't need to go there, but if you go back to Matthew 24, Jesus himself is giving... That's the most one of the most famous prophecy chapters in the Bible. Jesus is laying out what's going to lead up to the coming of his second coming. And he talks about um, somewhere ballpark of 24 or yeah, maybe not that far down. Um, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. I know it's after 10 or 12, right in there. What he starts talking about the abomination of desolation. When, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them um, which... It's in four, uh, 15. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. If he's on the rooftop, don't come down to take anything out of your house. If you're in the field, basically hit the ground running. Because then will be great tribulation such as never been before nor ever yeah. again shall be. Woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. So here's a scattering of the people that live out in Judea. But a lot of those people are already going to be pre-warned about this because there are ministries that are going to go out there and warn these people, look, when you see this happening, get out. Just go. just know to get out. Maybe some people will heed that warning or something, but there's going to be a slaughter of the Jewish people that live out in Judea. And Judea doesn't have as much security to it because it's kind of out in the Palestinian area, territory, and, and there's a lot of squabble about if... Israel should bring it under the wing of the security forces that the rest of Jerusalem enjoys. And they never have, and according to prophecy, it looks like they never will. So these people are kind of out there. There's about 800,000 of them that live out there right now, maybe a little more now. Something about that abomination of desolation is going to draw the ire of the Palestinian community, and they're going to begin to slaughter. Of course, they can't get to the Jewish people in the secured part of Israel very well because of all the security features that they have. But these people that live out in Judea don't have that enjoyment. So they're going to begin to just slaughter those people and they're going to have to hit the ground running. 
But if you read in Scripture later in another part, it says, I will save the tents of Judah first. In 24, Matthew? No, it's, it's in a whole other part of the Bible. We'll get to it in another lesson. But, so we see here, what you just read in Daniel, the scattering of the people, lines up with what Jesus says happens at the abomination of desolation. Plus, we know that abomination of desolation happens three and one half years before second coming. So then we go back to Revelation where we were initially discussing about the Sixth Trumpet War. We, so we, we were talking about, we don't have a lot of information about the first part of the three and a half years. We know a couple of things. If that Sixth Trumpet War hasn't happened yet, and that's the war that kills one-third of the human race, if that war has not happened yet when the peace agreement is signed, and I'll go on camera and say this, you can mark my word, it will happen before the Antichrist stands in the temple of God claiming to be God. It will happen in that first three-and-a-half-year period. It has to, scripturally, to line up with what Daniel is saying. Um... The other thing that we know has to happen, the temple will be built almost immediately, probably in the first year, if I'm understanding that 2,300 days, but it has to be built in the first half of the three and a half year, of the first three and a half years, it has to be built in the first half of the, of the final seven, because the Antichrist is going to stand in the temple of God claiming to be God. And we know that scripturally, that that, um, that so that temple has to be there by then. What were you saying is going to happen before the first three and a half years? Well, everything that needs to happen, and, and again, when you start looking at these prophecies, you have to make a determination in your mind, am I looking at something that simply has to be done before the final seven years starts? Does any particular prophecy, is it is it talking about, and it's going to happen in the first half of the three and a half years? Is it in that final three and a half years? And a lot happens from that three and a half year, from that midpoint on, that final three and a half years, a lot happens there. But So when you're looking at a prophecy, kind of get it in your mind, where does it fit on this seven-year timeline, either previous to that, the first half, or the second half? You'll find that if you did an entire list, and it must be 50 things, I bet you, at least. Every single thing, and they're all in different parts of Scripture, so nothing has to do with anything else. Everything that is called for that has to be in line for the final seven years to start is there. I don't know how many pots of water that is, but they're all on a on the stove and they're all boil, simmering. They're all boiling. They're all ready. There's nothing that's missing. One of the things that I keep my eye on, but it doesn't have to happen before the final seven years, is there's a ten nation alliance. It's the ten horns on the on the ten horn beast in Revelation. It's also depicted in Daniel. There's a ten nation alliance that likely possibly will be a military type alliance um, that 10 nation alliance has to be formed prior to the three and a half the final three and a half years starting so it doesn't have to happen until um, it doesn't have to be there when the final seven years starts okay and the reason that's important because there's one of the things that I've been looking at um, and I talked about it back in 19 when I had a deal at church when I did a study at church. Um, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, uh, announced a military coalition back at the time, back in June of 2019, and it's called the EII, the European Intervention Initiative. 
And as soon as it launched, it was a 10-nation military alliance, like a strike force type thing, that if one nation gets hit, we all go. Sort of a smaller version of a NATO, if you will. And the reason that they formed that, um, Donald Trump was starting to pull the U.S. or put us in more of a backseat position with NATO. And if you remember, he was telling all these NATO nations, hey, you're not paying your fair share. And so under the Trump administration, we started paying less into NATO and all these other European countries were having to start foot the bill as they should for their own defense. So Emmanuel Macron was not a huge fan of Donald Trump. And the problem was, the only problem Trump really had is he didn't drink fizzy sticks. But other than that, um, so Emmanuel Macron announced that he had come up with a 10-nation military alliance called the EII, European Intervention Initiative. And immediately it was 10 nations. And it got my attention. And anybody that goes back and listens, to that, it got my attention. I, I, I announced it. Well, now it's 13 nations. But remember something. We've got a six-trumpet war that's coming up that's going to wipe out a third of the human race. There's, there may be very well be nations that disappear that, that are nations now that if they get hit with a nuke, they're gone. These countries in Europe, some of them aren't very big. So if you took out three of those nations out of that EII, all of a sudden it's back to 10. And that would happen in the first part of, the, that would happen before the, three and a, the final three and a half years. Okay. Does that make sense why I'm still looking at that? There is another thing that um, Great Britain put together that is a 10-nation alliance, and I don't remember the name of it. I, I talked about it recently, but there is another 10-nation alliance. But there is some sort of a 10-nation alliance that is going to be in the Holy Roman Empire. And the reason we know that is because there's an 11th ruler of a nation, an 11th horn, not of the original 10, that's going to uproot three and wax great, and he's going to become the Antichrist. So... There'll be a ten-nation alliance. The Antichrist will come along and uproot three of those nations and become great. Do you think it will be literally one man superpower or an organization? It appears to be... Well, it says that these horns have crowns on them. So these are, these are nations. These are kings and nations. So whoever this Antichrist is, whatever country he's over, will take out three nations and wax great. It does not say, I don't believe if I look at the scripture closely enough, I don't think it says that that uprooting has to happen in the final three and a half years. In fact, I, in fact, it wouldn't because um, at the three and a half year point, he's going to announce he's the Antichrist. Doesn't it indicate like his nationality a little bit? I the only thing it tells us, if we go back to Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel 2, mm -hmm. it talks about going from the legs of iron to the feet of iron mingled with clay. clay. So we go from the Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire. And then that boulder comes out of the mountain, smashes the image on the feet, and breaks the whole statue down. And that is the, the that is God's kingdom filling up the earth. So Scripture says that in the days of these kings, these ten toes, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that will never pass away and never be destroyed. So we know it's going to be, and those ten toes are the same as the ten horns that we see in Daniel and Revelation. So that, um, 
that appears to be out of the Holy Roman Empire, which is now the European Union. It's a lot of information. It is a lot. Um, I have a question. And you end up bouncing around? Mm-hmm. Um, let me think of it. Was there something else you were going to bring up? Yeah, I think it's a little out of... Okay. A little out of... I don't remember what it was. Oh. It, it's one I haven't brought up yet. Second Thessalonians something. There is. There's another question. Okay. So this is maybe jumping ahead. It's okay. A lesson or two or... It's open line Friday. Okay. So... The thousand year, this is something I've always been a little, I haven't studied a lot on, I've been confused. So he comes back, we reign and rule with him for a thousand years, and Satan is locked up for a thousand years. And then he'll be released again. Like, that has never made sense to me. So, like, are we going to just go through everything all over again? Like, is he going to be allowed to... Hold that thought. Dave, is there another power outlet somewhere? For this to plug into? There's one right in that hole, okay. right there, right there. Or you need a cord close by because there's a there's a plug-in right here on the side of the hair. Okay. Mm. Uh, oh, it's already plugged in. Never mind. I got a little battery. Sorry, everybody online. Now, ask your question again, please. So, my question is it talks about um, there will be a thousand years. Millennial that, reign. Yeah, the millennial reign when Satan is like bound mm -hmm. and then he'll be released. Mm -hmm. So that's never quite made sense to me. And I've never really asked it in a study and never searched it and studied it. So after he's released, is it just kind of like he has has the liberty to kind of do what he's doing now again? We're going to go and over that. What, yeah. Like what then? Do we just kind of have to battle him again like we do now? We'll discuss it more, but I'll tell you what comes off the top of my head real quick. So um, Isn't that during God's he will be... God? Scripture says he will be released for a season at a time. Or let's see. He'll be he'll be released for a little season. And basically scripture tells us he's going to go right back to Russia and stir up a bunch of nonsense there and they're going to come and try to overthrow God one last time. Where will we be? Anybody that is a, is anybody that is a true Christian at the time of the second coming will be raptured. So we won't be... S scripture says that we will be... We will reign with him as kings and priests a thousand. for a thousand years. That's in Revelation 20, I'm right. going to say. And then after that, then what? 22. After we reigned with him a thousand years, then mm -hmm. what? Then Satan pulls a bunch of nonsense. So there will against, still be... There will still be corruption. Only at the very final end of that thousand years. Everything else is going to be peace on earth for a thousand years. Lifespans will be increased back to the way they were. Scripture says somebody that dies at a hundred years will be considered a babe. But um, So he's going to cause disruption in the nations. Go against God one time. God says that's it. Destroys the earth by fire. 
and we go off to the great white throne of judgment into eternity. Now, isn't after that a thousand years, though, of his release, isn't that where Gog and Magog is another war? Mm -hmm. okay. Which is well, Russia. Okay, that'll be the Gog and Magog. And so the people fighting Gog and Magog, where are they coming from? Are they people that were just kind of left on the earth? Not that didn't make the rapture? There, yes, Scripture tells us, um, I think in Daniel, I think it's Daniel that says, so he's talking about these beasts, and these beasts are nations. We know that. He tells us they're nations. But later he says, as concerning the rest, so he, he goes into this big description of what happens at the Battle of Armageddon. And then he says, as concerning the rest of the beasts, the rest of the nations, their, their dominion was taken away, their power was taken away, their governments were destroyed, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So the people that didn't make the rapture, didn't take the mark of the beast, there will be some population that is left on the face of the earth. Remember, the battle of Armageddon is localized to the nation of Israel. Everybody thinks it's this enormous war going on everywhere, and it's not. The battle of Armageddon in movies and in the general person's knowledge, I think it's this enormous worldwide war. Six trumpet will be. But Armageddon itself, Armageddon is simply telling you the location of this of this war that's going to happen. Okay. And it's Har Megiddo, the plain of Megiddo. It's in, it's in Israel. So after all of that, and there's so when the rapture happens, a lot of people I think think when Jesus comes back and the rapture happens, then that is when our eternity begins. But technically, it isn't when the peaceful eternity begins. We'll reign and rule for a thousand years. We'll have the battle of Gog and Magog, and then we will go and we will have the white throne judgment, and that's when people will be cast into the lake of fire. Are, and we will go on into eternity. And then after that, it's just eternity. Correct. We'll go through, anybody that wasn't in the rapture will go through the great white throne of judgment. Um, those that were raptured, Scripture says um, the second death has no power over him. Second death being the great white throne of judgment. Second death has no power over you. So, um, yeah, the, every, everything on the earth will be killed, wiped out by fire. And we'll have the great white throne of judgment depicted in the latter part of Revelation, and then um, we go off into eternity. So there will be people that could potentially make that second. We talked about this a little bit too a, a, a while ago before we were online, but remember God's all about sevens, and his plan of creation is going to mimic the time of man being on earth. So there are six days of creation and a seventh day of rest. Right. There will be six 1,000 years and then the millennial reign, which is peace on earth, the rest. So it's very similar to the plan. Of, it's a seven, six days of creation, creation, six days of man on earth under their own rule, and then a rest. seventh year of a, of a day or a millennium of rest. There'll be no war in that thousand years. But the people that don't make the rapture that are left here and they have the Spirit of God is drawn from the earth. They have There is no scripture that says 
the Spirit of God is drawn from the earth. Well, if he raptures us, if he rapt if he comes and he raptures us and he takes those that are that have his spirit, then we won't But his spirit will still be on the earth. It's his creation. Yes, he will rapture us. We're gonna turn right back around after the marriage supper and come back with him and fight the battle of Armageddon. So we'll be back on earth for a little while. And he is our Jesus was our forerunner. So when Jesus died, was in the ground for three and a half days, resurrected, at that point in time, so spiritually, we are baptized into his death, right? When we're raptured and we come back to rule and reign as kings and priests, we, we will have a body similar to his. Remember where he was able to go through walls and meet with his disciples, had lunch with them? So we'll be like glorified. That'll be very much like what we will, that will be the body that we will have. So we'll just kind of know what to do or we'll be instructed. We're already in training for it. And what to do whenever we come back. We'll be perfected once I mean, like, we. Will we live in houses and stuff again or like. We won't need to. Did you, what, what was Jesus' address when he was transfigured? I don't know. <laughs> he stayed with his friends. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We're going to live with each other. <laughs> so the question I have, it says you know, a great falling away. That was my question. There will come a falling away first. Yeah. Well, and then the man of sin will be revealed. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. I guess why does it say in the Bible why there's a great falling away? Man is man. Yeah. You know, in our own private time, we've had a lot of discussion about the spirits that are going on in this world right now. These spirits know how long they have on this earth. Now, not, not to the day, not to the minute, any of that yeah. stuff. But they know that they've got 6,000 years. This is nothing new for them. It's only new for us to kind of come to that realization. Or There's a lot of different theories out there that humans have. Oh, it's mid-trib, it's pre-trib. Some people say it already happened. Um, so, But the spirits, we have scripture that tells us they know about how long they've got. When Jesus met that demon-possessed man, when he got off the boat, and he came running up to Jesus and said, why have you come to me before my time? Well, have you come to torment us before the appointed time? So they know. Um, and just remember when you were a kid and your parents were gone, on they were gone for the day, and they left you a list of chores. Your childhood was a little different, but they left you a list of chores, and you didn't do any of it until you saw their car coming down the street. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. And it was breakneck <laughs> pace to, to get everything done. Well, it's no different with these spirits. They're now realizing, hey, this we're getting close. And so these spirits are going nuts and they are dragging people. People are asleep, but they've been work the spirits have been working on this for centuries, getting people lulled to sleep so they can keep them out of the kingdom. Now, that's nothing new, but they're getting better at and it. I think I'm not trying to bring up anything that's gonna get anybody shut down, but the pandemic that we just went through, um, I think was a very big tactic of the enemy 100%. to lull people to sleep because you were quarantined and you had nothing to do but be careful what you say about the yeah i'm not saying anything that'll about get that. me kicked off the air yeah i have nothing to say about that but i think 
people were at home and they just kind of got into entertainment and watching TV shows and episodes and and then like the Instagrams and the TikToks got really big and I think it was very easy to just set and lull yourself to sleep uh, binge watching episodes. I, 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 I was totally part of that. I wasn't watching anything bad, but I was just numbing yourself, numbing passing myself because the there was nothing to do. Yeah. And, you know, doing puzzles, doing senseless stuff that wasn't bad in a Christian's mind. I'm not doing anything wrong, but I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't being proactive spiritually. I could have been really studying or going into fasting or doing some deeper prayer or I could have been doing something else rather than what I was. And because of that, it almost took me out spiritually. I did not realize that, that's that what it was designed for. It did take a lot of people out. That it numbed me so much that I did not realize that till within the last couple of months how dangerously close I was. Hmm. So it was, yeah. And you're not alone in that. You know, it. how many... How many people were still going to church through the pandemic? Almost zero. The people that were, and it's not the same, they were doing it at home, not the same. Um, very few churches were standing up, and the ones that did, they got the wrath of this government full force. Yes. Yes. And this was a practice round. Yeah. Like the people Spears that are involved right now, I don't know. I mean, the powers that be that we don't necessarily know their names behind our government. They may have a pretty good idea where they're trying to take all this. The power, the, but the average politician that maybe knows a little bit of stuff, he has no idea that this is just a forerunner to the next one, to the next one, until they can eventually go, we're going to put a mark in everybody. And if you don't have that mark, you're not going to buy or sell. Yeah, because there's, I, I don't know if you've been sent anything, and I, don't, I won't mention it here, but there's some stuff regarding topics that are, that are in the works as far as laws with, you know, kids and mandates and things like that. And a lot of changes are coming. And I believe possibly even next year, if not the year after. I'm starting to see more lockdowns again, crackdowns. And the U.S. Navy or Air Force is now being told to wear masks again. I will say when we were at the hospital in Maryville today, we did not have to wear a mask in there, which was very nice. I was very surprised there were people that were, but we didn't have to. That's what got me kicked out of the nursing home, but well, that's another story for another time. Do we have anything? Do we Let's talk that, about that. I want to talk. that one question that we were going to. No, I want to talk about that Second Thessalonians thing. Bring that up, somebody. Second. I know that's not much of a segue, but. There's been some discussion about when the rapture will happen and the timing of it. And is, okay. is there scripture one way or another? And there's a lot of scripture that gives us indication and people want to write it off. Here's another one that tells us the timing. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Four, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Is that what you were talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So that is saying he won't be coming back 
until that man of perdition be revealed, that man of sin, the son of perdition, be revealed. That's the Antichrist. So it'll be after that. Yep. There'll come a falling away that Dave was just talking about prior to that. There'll be a falling away first. Some have said that the falling away could very well have been the Dark Ages. I think it's probably what we're seeing now. Churches, mm -hmm. yes. uh, there was a news article recently, the United States, which, which would probably be the most Christian nation on the face of the earth, mm -hmm. has the, the uh, percentage of people that call themselves Christian is at a new low. Uh -huh. And this is the most populous Christian nation on the face of the earth, quote-unquote Christian. Um, so we may very well be in that falling away that, Second Thessalonians is referring and to. And I think so because of Matthew 24, I think that's what I screenshot and sent to the group thing, a bunch of stuff from Matthew 24 the other day. When he's talking about, uh, when you say the great falling way, I think pertains to this time as well. Um, it does. Go ahead. Because it says, <clears throat> um, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. Stop. I know you were about done anyways. Go back to Revelation 7. <clears throat> every There will be a great revival from every kindred, every nation, every tongue. Yes. That just says the, that the gospel the of the kingdom will be preached to all the to the entire world, and then the end shall come. And then chapter, or verse 15, talks about the abomination of desolation. So it's after the abomination of desolation. And, and then, but then it says immediately after, the, immediately after the tribulation of those days, which is the final three and a half years, the sun will be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars will fall from heaven, then shall appear in the clouds the sign of the coming of the... Son of man, and he shall gather his elect from the. But people will say, well, they elect as the Jews. Well, if the elect is the Jews in the New Testament, we're in trouble. Because all this is for nothing. If the if the Old Testament Jews, the lineage of Jews, the Old Testament Jew is the elect in the New Testament, we're in trouble. And it just it talks about you know, at the end time, the generation, and you can see it, you know, that just has no desire to live for God. And I think that's where... Second Thessalonians, if I remember, it gives a great description of, sets the stage for the environment that we're going to be in leading right up to the second coming. I lost my Thessalonians. Marker. Love will wax cold. Um... Love of many Dishonor their parents. Oh, but never mind. I'm in the Old Testament. <laughs> never mind me. I know where Thessalonians is. Dead airspace, dead airspace. Stop it. Awkward pause, awkward pause. Second Thessalonians. What part were you wanting? Oh, I don't know. I don't no. know what chapter it's in. I don't remember. It's hard. Dave Robinson just quote them. And I know them, but I can't remember where they're at necessarily. But 
I know them. It it's probably not too far from that Second Thessalonians. The love of many will wax cold. Did you look that up? That was in I know part of that was in Matthew. She looked that up. Yeah. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, but with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and then that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Back it up. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying words. That right there, I don't know if you even caught it. Say that again. That will come after. That. Even him whose coming is after the Even him whose coming, I never even caught that before. Even him whose coming is after the work of Satan. Revelation 12 tells us when the work of Satan is. It's the final three and a half years. So Christ's coming is after the work of Satan. Another well, scripture. What's even, if you go back to 8, listen to this. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. This is mm -hmm. what it goes up into. And then with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and then that perish. And this is what's so scary to people. And they, I, I think this is happening already. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, mm -hmm. but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Uh -huh. I think so many people nowadays are mm -hmm. almost like, yeah, I'm sinning. And they're almost like when you try to tell them, or, or the world, or the scripture, or they're being preached, tries to instruct them. It's almost like there's this mockery or this aloofness that, you know, you're being too extreme or you're being silly mm -hmm. or... And or that's your truth. Well, of course, because, yeah. because they take or, a scripture out of context that own. says, yeah, or don't be judgmental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, truth, the truth is subjective now. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't line up with what I, with my feelings, yeah. right. Yeah. You know? And so, and then they're almost just like being blatantly. But I'm saved like, because I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, oh, you know, if I do this, I'm, I'm not going to go to heaven. It's almost like they're being a little, As you know. Yeah. As they ash their cigarettes. Be careful. So it's just, and that's where I think some of the great falling away is going to be people that backsliding, so to speak. Well, now we're in gener. So in my generation, I didn't know it because I, my upbringing was more normal than Beaver Cleavers. I thought he was a radical. I mean, my parents. My brother and I both had a drug problem. We got drugged to church every time the doors were open, you know. I didn't know what everybody did. I just assumed everybody lived like we did. You know, Dave and I have had this conversation many times. And that just wasn't the case. So we had gone through this even probably before that, 60s, 70s, this hippie generation. But we started having generations where the parents were taking the kids to church, but it wasn't sticking. A lot of it was probably because they weren't getting the truth. Mm -hmm. about what salvation was. Mm -hmm. So they weren't building a true relationship with God. Fast forward it. So now we have a generation that has nothing to do with church and they're raising kids. Mm -hmm. So there's no foundation there at all to begin with. So this generation that we're dealing with now, really your generation and younger, there's a good number of them that their parents have no idea what's in the Bible. They couldn't tell you anything about it. Or 
just had a discussion with my uh, with my nephew about things of the Bible, and I had to tell him that what you need to do is read the Bible for yourself and ask God to lead you, rather than take somebody's word for it. You know, you might you might ask questions and stuff like that, but you need to read it for yourself and ask for an understanding. That way, you have less of a chance of being deceived if you if you do it that way versus just listen to what somebody else says and don't crack the Bible open yourself. Right. So I was looking up here and because I was thinking maybe the rate falling away was like backsliding, but they're saying it's that it's different. It's like actually worse. So backsliding is. I still believe everything. I just am struggling and I can't do it. And so I'm giving in to sin. But I still believe everything. I believe in the plan of salvation. I believe what the Bible says. A great falling away is I'm going to go live my own life. And then I'm also just kind of not even really believing any of that's real anymore. But scripture says that's even worse because you're hanging him back on the cross. Dave. Yes. It's a great falling away is basically... I'm just rejecting that that God is even powerful and that there is a God and and you we yeah you're seeing that in a generation now to where they're just like questioning it and a lot of that is you know again it goes back to I think what they're watching listening to you can really see that desensitizing a whole generation kind of like that oh the, yeah the, brainwashing the stone oh, that my right. builders rejected you know. The chief cornerstone that I build my church, you know, it's just kind of like it'll raise up a generation. I think that you know, kind of like the hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, you know, that mm -hmm. whole thing. It's kind of like that. I think of that like with the truth, you know, like there's whenever there's you know, like you're talking about like when you were growing up, like we think some people just weren't getting the truth of salvation. You know, there's going to be like a, a falling away of people, but then there's going to be a group of people that have a hunger for ultimate truth that is going to rise up. That's who God's really going to use in the last to pour to you know for like pouring out that revival, just you know, lay the groundwork kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we did see a falling away in the dark ages, but I think we're in the middle of seeing the one that Scripture's talking about. And, you know, don't you think COVID, and before, but COVID kind of made it clear. People just left, left, didn't come back because they had an excuse now. Because I see people in church now, and I want to be careful, but I see people in church now that, that three years ago were pretty strong in church. <clears throat> they're still in church now, but it's like they're struggling. And I don't, maybe it's just me picking up on a vibe that I see some people that's just barely hanging on. And I have to be careful that I don't become one of those. We were talking about family members, and we've had the discussion about a couple of different ones, but, you know, one of your family members is was strong in the church and now no longer wants any part of it. Yeah. And, and that person's daughter. But some other discussion that we've had is, you know, in trying to draw some family members closer to that, with it in their walk with God, just closer to God. I don't want to be doing anything that 
you find unfavorable. You know, point it out to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when we point it out, and, and we have to be sensitive when we point out these things, but, you know, we want to have that heart that if somebody points out to something, even if they come at us in a way that you don't think is politically correct or however you want to phrase it, you know, it, it might... The little bad spirit in us might say, hey, they're offending you. Shut that down and go, what what message are they trying to get across to me? And does it line up with Scripture? So if you're doing things, religious holidays, and I'm just for now going to stick with Halloween, Halloween's an obvious one. If you're doing anything with Halloween, stop it. That does not find favor in God. Watch what you're pulling up on your television. You're inviting spirits into your home. Watch what you're pulling up with your music. You're inviting spirits into your home. It, it would be better to sit in silence and do nothing, play cards, than it would be to invite that stuff into your home. And you're inviting it in. There are spirits behind this stuff that people don't, that people don't even realize. We have to be careful with that. And this is, your wife said it best, this is too close to the end of things to be messing around. Well, the truth of it is, I don't care if it was in 1400, you don't know when you're going to pass away. It could be too close to the end of things for that family, for that yeah. individual person. Don't be messing around. You know, regardless of the time that we're in, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. You know, we all have our own. God has his own timeline for us. And these phones, you know, I'm sure I know that there were a lot of things that got people's attention. I, I have no doubt back in 1500, for whatever before all this age of electricity. But these phones have done more cursing to us than blessing us. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Because you can pull up anything you want and have it right in your eyes on that phone or your computer. It's so easy With, to get distracted. And, and that's part, part of that, to a degree, in my mind, you know, like, well, leave more people, you know, leave people with less of an excuse to not have, you know, studied further you know show themselves approved you know like well if i have a question in my mind about anything if i kind of turn a blind eye to it or you know it's like i can look up anything at my disposable at my disposal on this and you know yeah you, you pray about that stuff you know and like you, know, you can find lots of airs of truth online with things but get a lot of lies at the same time you know you gotta you, you, you can find make sure it lines up make sure it lines up with exactly. scripture yeah make sure it lines up with god's word but you can you know go more in depth than you've ever been able yeah. to on things you know like yeah. this is better than any library almost that you could you know in in your hands every day with you you know yeah. so are you searching for truth or justification because if you're wanting That's to big. yeah if you're wanting to find something to justify what you really want to do, you can find the argument out there that's very good, but you have to look in the context is that, am I, you know, am I going to just say, oh, I found this and that, that gives me the okay. Are you going to really research that person that's telling you, the person that research, you've got to research, research, mm -hmm. research. But um, like he was saying, I had, I had listened to something and we'll, we'll just go with Halloween. You know, somebody was saying that like, uh, somebody had wrote a, a comment on, on a video that I watched, and they're saying, like, I get it. Like, years ago, our great-grandparents and grandparents and parents 
they did a lot of this stuff because it was just tradition and that's what our family always did they didn't have the internet and stuff to maybe they just did oh that's what we've always done but we have no excuse we can research what what we're doing what each thing symbolized what it means where it began and they are happy to tell you on that stuff and we can we can find it easily at our fingertips so there's no excuse unless you just don't want to know you know and then there's the sin of omittance you know i i hope i hope this doesn't if if the right people come across this video i hope it doesn't cause any offense because i don't mean any but there was a discussion on the highland page the other day um, somebody was wanting to know where they could take their daughter to church. She was homosexual. And they were looking for a church that would allow them basically to come in and be okay with that lifestyle. Now, I'll let you know, at our church, we're going to love everybody that walks in that door. But they were looking for justification in that instance because they were shutting down anybody that said anything, even kindly, shutting down anybody that said anything against it. And there were three or four people on that page before the commenting got shut down, but there were three or four people that commented and said, well, there's nothing in Scripture that talks against it. And I had to real quick go look in my Bible to see if any pages had gotten torn out, because I, I know there's several places. Yeah, lots of places. But they want justification. And they don't know the Scripture. That's what they scream. Intolerance. Intolerance. Mm -hmm. Well, you look in there as to how many times the Bible tells us to judge. Yep. Judge what we're doing. Judge who we're hanging around with. And it uses the word judge. Yep. Well, and, it's, and that's, you know, like, that's not, people mix that and say, well, well, you're not supposed to judge. And it's like, well, no, I'm not supposed to judge whether, you know, you're making it to heaven or hell, but we're supposed to make judgments, you know, like, oh, with, with wisdom uh, about certain things that, hey, is this wise for me to do? Does this line up with God's word? That's making a judgment call, you know? And, you know, but it's like, it's to the point, like what you're saying, you know, they, instead of kind of the old saying, you know, like love the sinner or love the sinner, hate the sin. Well, they want you to love the sin too. Well, yep. if you don't love the sin, then you hate the sinner. Right. You know? I just had this discussion with my sister all the way home from work. Here's, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, Dare any of you having a matter against another, go, be, go to law before the unjust, and not before the saints. Do ye know? Do you do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are at least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a wise man among you. No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. And it just keeps going on and, and on. And there's a lot more there's than that. There's a lot more than that. And it's like, Catlin's right. You know, a lot of people like, you don't judge. And what they're, what they're not getting is that, yes, I'm not the final judge of if you go to heaven or hell. Right. That's where they're, they're taking it out uh -huh. of context. I am, God is the final judge, but 100%, we are allowed to judge what you're doing. By the like Lee Stone King says, I am a fruit inspector. You say you're a Christian, I expect mm -hmm. to see the fruits the fruit. of a Christian. If you say that's an orange tree, an apple tree, I expect to see oranges off that tree. 
and apples off that tree. And if that's an apple tree and it's growing lemons, there's something wrong with the fruit. And I'm allowed to say, or no fruit at all. If a fruit inspector comes through the orchard and it's apples, and all of a sudden lemons start blooming off, they're going to be like, something's wrong with that. They're, the fruts are off. And well, so we it's are just absolutely. like Jesus cursing the fig tree. Yeah, we are you absolutely. Know, didn't bear the fruit. It, it deceived him. You know? You know, he's like, well, oh, there's a, a fig tree. And whenever it didn't, it, you know, didn't produce what he expected it to, he cursed it. Mm-hmm. Just didn't. Happens a lot faster whenever it's Jesus. I could say a whole lot, but I'd get you shut off. <laughs> just don't talk about the. So, so did we ever discuss that scripture? The there was a scripture that um, we were going to resort to. And he said to remind you. Yes, we did. Okay, I missed Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians two. two. Yeah. And okay. It was you giving us. It was giving us the timing. Yeah, it was giving us the timing of the rapture. Which, and, and then we ended up on the second scripture that verified it as well. Okay, I did deal with that. Thank you. I am just silly enough, whether it comes to salvation, whether it comes to how to be saved, the true process, whether it talk about rapture, any topic that creation, I am just ignorant enough to believe that the scripture is telling us what it's trying to tell us. I don't need to put a square peg in a round hole. I don't need to find another scripture that I can find that maybe words it just right to where I can get my what I want it to say in there. Mm-hmm. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and yeah, of the spirit, the spirit, or you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Marvel not that I said be born again. You must be born again. Mm-hmm. Peter backs it up in Acts 2.38. It's very simple. But then people find another scripture. Well, all you got to do is confess with your mouth. But they don't realize that that's, they're already, that letter is to a church that was already saved. Yeah, they're trying to find the plan of salvation in the letters to the churches. Those people already have experienced. What is the weakest plan of salvation I can find that scripturally backs yeah. itself up and I can get by with that? Exactly. So believe. I mean, everybody believes. I've seen a church that I am friends with uh, some people that pastor it and it's just funny because they have baptism and their baptisms are you know they talk about it and show a bunch of pictures but it's literally a sign up and get baptized day and I know for a fact that they baptized somebody that has divorced the idea that they want to be a girl and they're a boy and so they baptize them as a boy. and But it's a girl? No. It's a girl. Wow. Yeah. But how did they baptize them as a boy? Did they call That's them just called getting name? wet. She got They got wet. Did they call them by their boy name? Or? Mm-hmm. Well. So they went, they went and got wet. Not they repenting. Yeah. Well, they're not baptizing person. in the... And I don't mean anything... You know, I hope that person not. finds true salvation. But scripture says if you lead somebody to the, to the wrong idea of salvation, they're twice the child of hell than they are now that they've met you. Mm-hmm. You've led them in the wrong direction. Well, they had an issue later that backfired on them because this person wanted to go to um, like a camp that they offered. And 
it all of a sudden became an issue where they could stay. So it backfired on him. Truth will never backfire on itself. So what this this person that they baptized wanted to go to the this camp like thing that they were offering where it was an overnight and wanted to stay with the boys because they're a boy, but well, no, you can't. You have to stay with the girls. And that all of a sudden became an issue. And it was confusing to the person and was it confusing to the person or the troll or the, the pastor was confused as well? It was confusing well. to the person because they're younger and it's like, I thought you had accepted me for this. I thought you had accepted this. me, but yeah, so the pastor is, yeah. Well, and I I know Brother Crossens baptized people before maybe they had an official act of repentance or or whatever, but to me, something obvious like that, there should be an act of repentance before you wash that's what i i had wash said, my sins away i said if you know if they if they were up there saying i no longer want to live this lifestyle but i know for a fact that wasn't that wasn't what they were wanting to do because they're clearly more, i mean it was it's very clear that they want to continue that lifestyle all things pass away all things become new yeah ain't nothing becoming new Are we, oh, we had a, I sent my current events contributions by text. I'm watching. I can't read my text because it's, so pardon to the people that are hearing me mess with my phone. Um, one of our listeners says, all I've got for this week is Musk Neuralink computer chip being headed and I posted this anybody that's watching this if you're not on my prophecy views page I guess you are if you're watching this because that's where it's live um, you can also sign up on our prophecy views connected page and we can even get a little more in depth on that page um, in more into the weeds than we do on prophecy views but um, Musk is talking about a microchip that's going to be implanted in people's head Neuralink. Neuralink. And in just a few months, he's going to try to, if it, everything works out well, he's going to do it to himself. Elon Musk? Elon Musk. There's a lot of people who have been talking about that they're going to do it. Have you looked into it much? Not much. I've looked into it um, for a while. It's been... Being headed to the FDA, so they're going to send it to the FDA, and Ukraine banning the Russian Orthodox Church. I did see that today. This link was sent to me. That might prompt those who are unable to worship in their own denomination and unable to leave Ukraine may be ripe for a new world religion. They're definitely going to fall under the one world religion. Um, the Neuralink issue is self-explanatory. And another angle is the Russian Orthodox in Ukraine may be so committed they flip to Russia. Ukraine falls to Russia, Gog and Magog. And I don't disagree with that at all. That's something I'm kind of watching as well. Um... The Unforgiven Patriot. I have. It was, I was just sent a link um, by somebody's spouse in the room, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So, do we have anything else? Well, I know I missed some things. That I didn't put back in there. Um, there's some things going on with it. There's some things I was kind of. I know you went over. 
quite a few things. I just wanted to make sure I had everything kind of lined out in my head. So there's going to be pretty much this peace agreement, the building of the temple, the obviously the sacrifices will go on for a little while. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have the abomination of desolation, which that is where the beginning of the final seven years. The is. final three and a half years. Final three and a half, and the the covenant. I mean, I'm sorry. The peace the agreement. Peace agreement or the yeah um, confirmation of the covenant. That will begin the first three. The, the final, final seven. The final seven. Which is the peace agreement. The peace agreement and the confirmation of the covenant are the same. Yes. They are confirming the Abrahamic covenant that this land is yours and your descendants forever. Right. And then that's where they'll agree to make this certain area. In that, joined. we're going to go over that, I'm sure. The outer court will be shared or whatever. The outer court of the temple will be left trodden to the Gentiles. So the... The confirmation of the covenant will be the final seven years, and the abomination of desolation will be the final. Three the midpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay. The abomination and of desolation then, is at midpoint. So then, somewhere in there will be the battle of Armageddon. That'll be at the very end. Okay. And then obviously the return of Christ in there. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, also great tribulation. Such That's the final three and a half years when the Antichrist stands in the temple of God claiming to be God. That will kick off the the Great Tribulation. So, and... And, and you can reference that in Revelation 12, 14. We will see part of that because... We'll see all of it. Yeah. We're going to see it all the way up to the Battle of Armageddon. And then what... Okay. And then what scripture did you say the wording that, that confirmed that we're going to see... I forget exactly what you were saying there. Well, Matthew 24 is one place. Um, we just read two scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4, was it? Uh, I believe so. And Michelle ran, read another one that, by accident that just happened to repeat it again that after Satan does his works, Christ will return. Um, that would be the final three and a half years, and then after that, Christ will return. That's also the time of the Battle of Armageddon. Matthew 24 says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon shall not give her light. And it gives us a description of, and he will, and the angels will gather his elect from the four corners of the, uh, of the heavens. So it gives us a depiction of the rapture. And there are people that are correct that say, well, the word rapture is never in Scripture. And they're, they're, it, they're correct. It is not. It is not in there. But it's a term. It's a term that we have used that puts that description into one word. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that the rapture doesn't happen. It just means we're taking a description in two or three places in the Bible and giving it a word. Anything else? And we can continue this discussion offline. We're going to go ahead and go offline. We'll see you all next week. And um, we have a pretty exciting lesson coming up. We will see you all then.